Hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. My name is Caitlin Mitchell, and I am your host. In today's episode, we are interviewing my friend, Jennifer, who is a member of our EB Teachers Club and is also a student in our online professional development course called Writing Instruction, A Proven Approach. Now, Jennifer's story is one that I think so many people can relate to. As she was telling me, you know, her background, I so related to her experiences as a first and second year teacher. And it's just really cool to see someone who is in their second year, just at the beginning of their teaching journey, starting to feel that confidence that is really hard in those first years of teaching um, and what that's been like for her to feel confident in her ability to teach writing well to her students. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode and meet Jennifer and hear all about her story. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. All right, teachers. Well, welcome back to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. I am here with Jennifer, who has agreed so kindly to come on the podcast with us and share her story of teaching writing with all of you. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So can you tell our audience just a little bit about who you are, what grade level you teach, things like that? So I'm Jennifer, and I teach in rural Illinois. It's a Title I school. And I teach ninth and 10th grade English and 10th grade honors English. Awesome. That, and I, before we recorded, we were talk, having a little conversation. Um, your experience reminds me so much of my experience as a first year teacher, second year teacher teaching high school. Can you tell us how you got kind of thrown into your current position? Yeah, so I actually got hired about five days or so before the school year last year. I got hired on a Friday and we started that following Thursday. And like you have those teacher institute days too. So really you only had like two days to like mentally prepare as well as prepare your classroom. And so I was kind of just thrown in and I'm like, okay, great year. Like, let's go. <laughs> and so um, it's, it was definitely an interesting experience trying to prepare myself for my first year, but also trying to like get stuff ready because most teachers take like three days or three weeks to get ready. And I had like three days. Yeah. 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 And so I remember the first day of my first day teaching ever. I had, you know, everything written down on a word doc, like minute by minute, what I was going to do, what I was going to say. Did you have something like that prepared too? Oh yes. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> Cause I was like, I don't want to like stumble. I don't want them to like think that I don't know what I'm doing. And then like by like third week, I was like, you know what? I don't need this. Like, yeah. I can just be myself. Like, it's okay. But then yeah. at the same time, I'm like, are they judging me? <laughs> I'm like, she just got hired. Like, because everyone knew that, like, I was hired a week before school started because the mm-hmm. other teacher left. And so, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, hopefully they're not judging me. Yeah. A lot of pressure to prove yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's tough. Well, you seem to have been doing a good job. You're still, you're in your second year. You're hanging in there. You yeah. haven't left yes. yet. <laughs> and you're not going to. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, so, I would love to know then. Since, you know, you're kind of thrown into your first year teaching, what kind of writing curriculum did you have? Did you have any direction or what did you do for writing that first year? Kind of how, what were your feelings around that? So I didn't really have a writing curriculum last year. Our school itself, like from nine to 12, didn't really have anything. Like the senior teacher knew it, where they wanted the kids to be, but we didn't actually have a framework to get us there. And so 
I didn't really have any materials lined up or anything, and so I had to basically rely on my own background in writing and what I did in high school. So I'm glad I saved all of those binders because I was <laughs> pulling them all out and was like, okay, how do I teach this? How do I teach this? Because in my college classes, like you take English, like you learn how to write, but you don't actually learn how to teach the writing part. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of just like, okay, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then hopefully we have a paper at the end of it. And so it was stressful and overwhelming, and I was really glad the day that they turned them in, but then not so glad when I had to grade them, but it was kind of like a weight lifted off my shoulders because I was like, it's done. Yeah. We don't want to do that again. And I don't think that your experience is abnormal. I would say that's what a lot of people go through. You know, we aren't really taught how to teach writing in our college classes. I mean, even in my master's programs and secondary education with a credential in English, no one ever taught me how to teach writing. And you'd think like that would be kind of an important thing. (laughs) You would think. Um, So your experience, yeah, you're definitely not alone in that. And the feelings of overwhelm and like when it's over, just, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to touch it again until next year when they write you know, their persuasive argumentative papers or their research paper or something along those lines. So then tell us how you came kind of to find us because I know you're a high school teacher um, and a lot of our teachers are middle school teachers. I mean, our podcast is called Teaching Middle School ELA, um, but I like how your experience really is relatable to, to high school teachers and, and kind of what we have to offer. Yeah, so I was just like looking through my Instagram one day and I don't know how it came up. Like, I don't know if someone shared it or if it was like, I don't know, just some random thing that pops up when you like do the explore. Not really sure how I got on your page, but I did somehow. (laughs) And I was like looking at all this stuff and I was like, this would work. Like, I think I could do this. And then I got on your Facebook page and like saw everything and I was like, oh, they have an informational like meeting. Like, I need to like be on that. And then as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay. I need this in my life. (laughs) I love the initiative. That's such great initiative. Well, I needed to do something. Yeah. (laughs) My kids, the way that it was, I was like, this can't happen every year. Yeah. Something needs to change. And so I was like. That's a great self-realization. And I think that says a lot about you. I mean, we didn't talk about this before we started recording, but, you know, sometimes we as teachers can get stuck into the habit of, well, you know, our kids just can't write. And, you know, is that really the case? Like, or should we be doing maybe some more self-reflection on how we are approaching writing with our students? And I was interviewing um, someone else the other day and she was saying how when she was feeling overwhelmed about writing and stressed out about writing, that that translates to our kids, you know, and it makes them have those feelings and those thoughts around writing too. And it just creates this whole kind of like negative vortex of emotions around writing that isn't necessary. Um, so I love that you took initiative and you're like, I have to be on that meeting. I'm going. And you came and then you joined yeah. us in our online course. And I would love to know kind of what your experience was like going through the course and then how you think a lot of what the course um, discusses and teaches is applicable to your students in high school. So going through the course was easy. Like you had it literally, you do this and then you do this and then you do this. And then also gave you the chance to kind of go at your own pace so you could actually try it with your kids I didn't because I waited till after school was out to actually start the program but it it gave me time to kind of think like okay so if I was to do this like knowing the kids I had last year like would they be able to do this like would I have to modify it to like get them to that level because our kids are writing at two or three levels below where they should be Mm -hmm. and so I was like thinking about that with my kids from last year while I was doing it during the summer 
that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then you're kind of as you're going, which is actually probably better to have waited for the summer after the school year, you know, ended and you have more time to really dedicate and soak it in and think about what happened last year, how you can take these new strategies and this new framework and apply it to your school year this year. Um, so how has it been going? Like, what are your feelings now around writing now that you have this really clear roadmap of do this, then do this, then do this. And then also a whole community where you can ask questions of us at pretty much any time. You know, if you emailed us, I would email you back. Yeah. And you have. <laughs> um, it's definitely less stressful. I'm not as overwhelmed because it literally is planned out for you. Like if you have any questions, like you just go back in that folder and it's like kind of covers like the FAQs of that lesson. But it also like there's wiggle room. So like you can kind of modify it to fit your paper. So like um, I use the literary analysis for a research paper. Mm -hmm. Like you're not really analyzing any literature, but you kind of are because you're analyzing like a article or a book. And so I kind of modified it to fit my assignment because I haven't actually <laughs> done a research paper to where like it's turned out like a great outcome. And so using that framework and modifying it for my students, it has helped tremendously. I wasn't like ready for it to be over. Like I was, <laughs> it was so long, but I wasn't like, okay, when's this day coming? Like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. we have like 10 days until it's due. Like I wasn't thinking that this year. I was like, oh, like our research paper is due in like two days. Like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, that was crazy. And so it kind of lifted that burden off my shoulders. We're like, oh, we have to do the paper again. It was like, no, like we get to write and like, I get to help them improve their writing because when they first got here that it was not stellar. <laughs> they're not, I mean, they're not at the like super awesome papers yet, but they're getting there. Yeah. And you have now the skills and the roadmap and the resources yes. that you need to get them there. And you are going to be, it's really cool to see throughout the course of a school year, how much our students can improve in their writing, especially when they keep practicing it. Yes. Um, and I think that that's really important too for our listeners listening just to hear is that it takes practice. You know, so many teachers will come to me and they'll be like, well, I implemented it and they're not, they don't get it yet. I'm like, well, how many times have you done it? And they're like, once. I'm like, okay, how many times does Steph Curry practice shooting three-pointers? Hours every day, you know? We have to be practicing these skills in order to see growth, in order to see that in our students. We can't just expect it to be like, boom, all of a sudden they're brilliant writers. It takes time and it takes practice. So I think that's something exactly. important for people to remember. Um, so I would love to know um, kind of what are some of the best outcomes that you've seen for your students or even for yourself as a result of trying to implement and starting to implement this framework. And then in the next semester, I know you're really going full force with it with your students. Um, just seeing their growth, like even though it was only a, an isolated unit for six weeks, um, we, I broke it down to such a point where they were just focusing on a paragraph at a time and just seeing like their rough draft of a paragraph. And then after we've kind of put it into that framework and worked with it and manipulated it, in the outcome of that, like you put them side by side, they're like double the length. Um, they're putting stronger words into that. Like you can tell like they're getting more confident in their writing skills because I'm like giving them that attention that they need on each paragraph where if we would have just wrote the whole paper and then looked at it, I don't think that we would have saw the difference that we did. Yeah. That's huge. Yes. And how does that make your students feel? Like what is their response to that? Um, well, they're freshmen, so they don't <laughs> really have a super exciting response to it. 
but I do have a few students that you can tell they enjoy writing and they're like, you can kind of see like they get excited. They're like, Mm -hmm. that was a great paper. Like I wrote that. And I was like, yeah, you did. Like you did (laughs) write that. Like that's you. Like no one else wrote that. That's you get to own that. And they're like, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. I'm like, I don't miss five points on that paper. And I'm like, yeah, you did. Like you should feel good about that. Totally. And I just, in your face, I can see you just lighting up as you're talking about it. Cause that's what we live for. That's what we love is seeing our students succeed and that confidence build in them. Um, even with something that they maybe thought wasn't possible, you know, it's showing them what is possible and what they are capable of doing is huge. Yes. Um, so if there was another teacher who was kind of in your shoes, maybe someone's listening right now and they've been listening. We've been doing a ton of kind of writing instruction on the podcast and giving tips and things like that. Um, if someone who's listening is sitting here thinking to themselves, yeah, but you know, she can do it. I just can't, I can't do it. You know, I am not a good writing teacher. I'm not a good writer myself. Like I just, I can't see myself ever getting to the point where, where Jennifer is right now. What would you say to them to kind of give them, you know, an alternate view of that perspective of their reality? I mean, I can see where they're coming from. Cause that was me literally in April this year. I mean, that was only what, six months ago if even Mm -hmm. and so I mean just in that six months like I've learned how to teach writing I've learned how to implement this in my classroom I've also learned strategies outside of just the writing part like if I can do it in six months like you can too like I'm only a second year teacher and I was able to kind of figure it out like I'm still learning but like if I can do it you could do it like that's always been my motto and I tell my kids that all the time I'm like I'm up here I'm doing this like I'm prepared like you can be too. It just takes practice and it takes the initiative to actually go out and start it. And it seems daunting when you do that. Like, oh my gosh, I just signed up to take this class. Like, what if I don't know what I'm doing? But you do. Like, you signed up for a reason. You signed up for your students. Like, you just have to remember that. Even though there's days where you're like, I don't want to do another, like, I don't want to do a module. Like, I just want to watch, like, movies. Like, you just have to sit there and, like, watch it because they're worth, they're worth it. Like, your kids are worth it. Like, putting that time into your professional development is actually going to help you in the long run. So just I love that going out there and starting it. Like, I don't know. I tell my kids that all the time. I'm like, if you don't do it, like no one's going to. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> That's so true. You just have to take the first step. Yes. Right. The only thing that, that you could do wrong is to not do anything. Yes. And to just sit there in the same pattern thinking that something's going to change when it's not, unless we're proactive and going out there and doing it. Exactly. Yeah. I love that so much. That was so eloquently said. (laughs) Okay. So I have five quick fire questions now as we are at the end. Are you ready for them? Sure. I always love seeing what people say because I ask everybody the same questions at the end. Okay. First thing that comes to mind, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? Hawaii. Oh, I love Hawaii. Which island? Um, uh, Maui. 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 Have you been there before? Um, we're actually going at the end of this, at the end of December. For Fun. So like, I'm like, yes, that's where I want to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that for your honeymoon? Is that where you guys are going? Yes. We're going to Oahu and Maui, but I'm awesome. looking forward to Maui. <laughs> oh, you're going to have such a good time. I want to hear all about it when you get back. <laughs> Pop in the Facebook group and tell us, seriously. Okay. <laughs> Post pictures. <laughs> what is your favorite month of the year? October. Someone said that yesterday. Everyone says October. Why? Well, we own a pumpkin farm. Oh my so like, gosh. That's our month. <laughs> oh, how fun. I love taking my son out to the pumpkin farm. Yes. That is oh, that's so what my cute. husband does. Is he he farms pumpkins. And so that's my favorite month. I don't like Halloween because then it's over. <laughs> and I don't like November first because then I have to clean it up. But I like 
October 1st through 30th. <laughs> How cute is that? That is so fun. You'll have share pictures of your pumpkin farm too. <laughs> that is really cool. I can't say that I don't own a pumpkin farm. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> what is your favorite lunch item? Hmm. I don't know. I don't eat the same thing twice in, like ever. I don't know. Like leftovers? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't really have a favorite. Like I kind of just grab whatever's available. I know I'm the same way. I was so bad at packing lunches. It was I just loathed it so much. I don't know why. Least favorite thing to do. That's the yeah. hardest one for everyone to answer. No one can come up with their favorite lunch item. <laughs> what is the last book that you read? Swallowing Stones. How was it? Awesome. I read it last year with my kids and I read it again this year with them. And I love it because I lo- I know the ending. And they're like throughout the whole thing, they're just like, oh, it's going to happen. I'm like, I don't know. Like, just just gonna have to find out. <laughs> and then the ending is such a like, like cliffhanger. Like it just stops. Is and that the one like, where you write the, the fiction? And I'm like, well, now we're going to. Yes. They write their own alternative ending to it. And so Love it. Just, like today they were like their reaction. They're like, what do you mean? that the- She doesn't talk to them. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> as much as I know. And then they got to like start their own writing where, where they think the story is going to end up. So, so fun. Yes. I love that. Very cool. Okay. Last question. If you weren't a teacher, what would you do? Um, an FBI analysis for handwriting. Ooh. Because my kid's handwriting is sloppy and I can still <laughs> see what it says. That's what I would be because I'm good at it. Like I can look at it and be like, okay, this is what you said. They're like, how do you see that? I'm like, I just do. But then there are some kids you're like, I have no idea what you wrote. But <laughs> So can you easily, if someone doesn't have their name on it, you like know whose paper that is? Yeah, like I can identify my students' handwriting, which is weird. Like, especially with girl handwriting, I can tell exactly which girl in my class wrote it. How it's funny. Weird. <laughs> it's strange, I mean, there are definitely like see. some students who like, you know, that's, yes. you know, so-and-so's handwriting, but there are some that just look so Similar. generic. Yep. Yeah. That it's hard to tell. That's an interesting answer. I like yeah. that. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us and opening up to us about your struggles and how far you've come. And I'm so excited to see what the rest of the year holds for you. Thank you. Well, I really hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode with Jennifer um, and that you could relate to her. Maybe if you've been teaching for a couple of years or you're in your 10th, 20 year teaching, think back to those first years teaching, what it felt like, how overwhelming it was, how stressful it was, but that we made it. We made it out alive and things get so much easier. And if you are in your first, second, third year teaching and you are struggling, just know that it gets better, it gets easier, um, and you are just going to become even better year after year as you perfect your craft and you figure out what does and doesn't work. It's all really trial and error. And something that I love about Jennifer's story is what she said that, you know, if she can do it, anybody can do it. And I think that that's so powerful to look at how far she's come in just six months because of the initiative that she took and the dedication that she put toward her own professional development and making sure that she was being the best teacher that she could be for her students. And I'm so honored that her our course has allowed her to do that, has given her that confidence and really the background information and the skill set that she needed in order to become an amazing and effective writing teacher. So if you are interested in joining us inside of our online professional development program called Writing Instruction, A Proven Approach, you can go to ebacademics.com forward slash writing waitlist and add your name to the waitlist. 
Again, that's ebacademics.com forward slash writing waitlist. And when you register for the waitlist, you will also be given an awesome three-part small mini training on various aspects of teaching literary analysis to get you started so that you can start to see some wins right away in your classroom. I'm so looking forward to hearing more from you guys, learning more about you, um, and getting started on this writing journey with you. Until then, I will see you next week on the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed and left us a review yet, please do so. Your reviews mean the world to us. I love reading them. I love hearing from you. And I love it when you guys tag us on social media. Let us know that you're listening and who you are so that I can really see the person on the other end of this conversation. Thank you so much, you guys. And I will see you next week.